Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, December 5th, 2022. Do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? If you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you're thinking the answer is yes. Why? Why do you think the Bible is the Word of God? Well, one of the reasons that may come up if you were to try to answer that question would be fulfilled prophecy. That the Bible predicted things, God spoke through prophets and predicted things, and then those things happened. And we see many examples of that. One, we see how the prophets, like Ezekiel, foretold that Jerusalem would be destroyed and it was destroyed. Or it's December, or it's Christmas time. That reminds us of a whole slew of prophecies that found their fulfillment in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But we have to acknowledge that a lot of prophecy in Scripture is yet to be fulfilled. And with this being December and us wrapping up some things, even reading Ezekiel right now, and we're going to be reading the book of Revelation here in the New Testament pretty soon, we have to remember uh, there's a lot of prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled. And even today in Ezekiel, I believe we are getting to uh, a good portion of that in Ezekiel. Um, So much of what we have seen in Ezekiel so far has been said prophesied by Ezekiel and fulfilled in the judgment of Jerusalem, in the judgment of the nations around Jerusalem. But today, I believe we shift into things that have yet to be fulfilled. Today, we're reading Ezekiel 38 and 39. And to summarize these passages briefly, it describes a failed invasion of Israel. It speaks of Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and it's a prophecy against him uh, because he will come and it talks about uh, them coming upon Israel and it talks about well them failing this evasion because uh, of God and his miraculous deliverance. In verse 17, it says, For thus says the Lord God, Are you he of whom I spoke in the former days by my pro- servants, the prophets of Israel, who in those days prophesied for years that I will bring you against them? But on that day, the day that Gog shall come against the land of Israel, declares the Lord, my wrath will be roused in anger. For in my jealousy and in my blazing wrath, I declare on that day, there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep on the ground. And all the people who are on the face of the earth shall quake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the cliffs shall fall and every wall shall tumble to the ground. I will summon a sword against Gog on all All my mountains, declares the Lord. Every man's sword will battle against his brother. With pestilence and bloodshed, I will enter into judgment with him, and I will rain upon him and his hordes and the many peoples who are with him torrential rains and hailstones, fire and sulfur. So I will show my greatness and my holiness and make myself known in the eyes of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. And so you see, some of that follows the the pattern of the earlier prophets 
prophecies we've seen against other nations. And it ends with that same phrase that they may know that I am the Lord. And again, you see God's concern for his own name in chapter 39, verse 7. And my holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel. And I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore. And the nation shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, it is coming and it will be brought about, declares the Lord. That is the day of which I have spoken. So here we see this prophecy. Now, uh, there is an element of mystery to these chapters, and there's a lot of debate if you read commentaries about what this is talking about. Uh, what is going on here? Who are Gog, Magog, these different places? The only uh, other place we see um, these names mentioned is in the book of Revelation, even speaking of the uprising that Satan will lead at the end of the millennium. Uh, but I think the best place to understand this particular um, passage in Ezekiel is that this takes place at the end of the tribulation. We see in Revelation a description of the nations gathering to fight against Israel, to fight against Jerusalem, and it's not going to go well for them. And I think this works sequentially because what we're going to get into in the latter part of the book of Ezekiel, I believe, is a depiction of the millennial kingdom. Now, you can find a lot of Bible scholars that will disagree with those opinions, and you'll find some that will agree with those opinions. But the point I want to make is, whatever you think about this passage, the Bible still, every Bible scholar will agree, makes predictions about the future that are yet to be fulfilled. And what I want you to understand today is that just like God fulfilled all the other ones, whether it was the prophecies Ezekiel made about the coming destruction of Jerusalem, or whether it was the prophecies about this coming king that we remember in the month of December, the prophecies about the future will be fulfilled. And we can have confidence in that. You might not always find agreement amongst Christian scholars about what the fulfillments of those prophecies exactly are going to look like, but we know God will keep his word. Just like the exile happened and the destruction of Jerusalem happened, just like God said it would, these prophecies will be fulfilled just like God says they will. And so even just some application of that, uh, think of how God says these things will happen so that you may know that I am the Lord. Uh, think of what we talked about last week, that that is a truth to be felt in your bones. Uh, that is something we need to take to heart. He really is God. And we need to believe that. We need to know that. And we should trust he is the Lord, even of history. He is in control of history. And he will accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Uh, now, does that mean we should just sit back and say, well, I don't care about anything that's going on in the world then because uh, God's going to work it all out. No, that shouldn't be our mindset, but it should give us a confidence because God has given us work to do, the work of the Great Commission, the work of making disciples, and we should be diligent in that. And when we come against obstacles 
in that. And when it seems like that's not going well, we need to trust God will win in the end. So we should not get too worried, but we need to keep going in the mission that God has given us. We need to live like it's true that God does control history and he will. And someday we'll see the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39. And we can find out which Bible scholars were right and were wrong about what that would look like and when that would be fulfilled. But whatever the case may be, it will happen exactly like God said that it would. Let's go now to the short epistle of 2 John. And we look now at these sometimes referred to as postcard epistles of 2 John and 3 John. And we see today some familiar content, especially from the Apostle John, both in 1 John and in the Gospel of John. These things are emphasized, as you see in verse 5, And I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one you have heard from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments, and this is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the word world. So, And then it goes on to really talking about these false teachers and how we need to watch against them, and we shouldn't help these false teachers. We shouldn't even welcome them into our homes or greet them. Uh, but notice the word for there at the beginning of verse 7. That's interesting because he talks about this commandment to love one another for deceivers have gone out into the world. And I think that's just a reminder, even as we, I think, are every day getting closer to the last days, there is more and more false teaching. The amount and the prevalence of false teaching in the world should be one more reason why we should love the people of God. The people at your church that are walking in the truth, you should love them. Uh, because there are so many false teachers out there. There are so many people that have succumbed to false teaching. The people that are holding fast to the faith, you should love them and you should cherish those uh, relationships because we do have to uh, fight battles and contend for the faith with those that are teaching false teaching, but those that are not, we should cherish. And I think that's just uh, even a, a burden we have to wrestle through with the Christian life is, uh, and really it comes down to, are we talking about the gospel or, or not? When people are falsely teaching about the gospel, well, we need to say, no, that that is wrong. We need to stand against that and not seek to promote or help that uh, false teaching about the gospel. But when it comes to some other things, like for instance, eschatology, well, we might have a different view on that, but we're faithfully preaching the gospel. Well, we should love those people as brothers. We need to be careful of any unnecessary division amongst uh, the church and the people of God in a world where there is so much false teaching. Those that are teaching what is true, we should love. Uh, whether it's in our own churches, whether it's the broader body of Christ, we are to love. That is the commandment that Christ has clearly given us. So let's listen to it. And let's know that the word of Christ is powerful, whether he is telling us to love one another or whether he is, uh, through a prophet, telling us the future. Uh, we can trust that God is in control of history. We need to listen to prophecy even now, today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. 
To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.